0: Hello, and welcome to In Her Room, women writers on life, craft, and changing the world. I'm your host, Sarah Blackthorne. This week's guest on In Her Room is Robin Sandomirsky. Duality is the only truth. Holding the space for both and, Robin Sandomirsky is a writer, healer, and maker of creative journeys. Whether practicing as an intuitive healer and guide, or writing firebomb poetry for strangers, she is continually aware of stepping into the flow and acknowledging when there's a blockage. Through awareness and liberation, she steps onto her path bravely, sometimes nervous and sometimes excited, which are often the same thing. Robin, it is so great to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you today about writing and also about healing and energy work um, and also the energetic of writing. But to start off the show, I'd love to know, what is writing
1: to you? So I feel like um, I always have a little bit of trouble answering that question, mainly because throughout my life and, and continuing now, I have sometimes a hard time like really, truly living into the label of writer. So I really think that for me, writing is just simply not optional. It's like, no matter where I am in my life or what's going on, starting from a very young age, if I don't write, I'm not okay. (laughs) So... They're just our words. It's like words are there and words exist within me and they have to come out in order for me to be okay. So whether I actually am trying to share publicly or just writing for myself, um, if I'm not writing, I'm not me. I'm not okay. Mm. Hmm.
0: I... Can completely relate to that. And also, I think one of the things that I really enjoy about your work as I read it both on your blog and on your Instagram feed particularly is that flow of words. And I think there's something to be thought of and connected to when we think about not feeling okay when not writing. Is there's some sort of flow and perhaps like a blockage of that energy that's flowing through us. For me, when I'm not writing, I'm not thinking clearly. I'm not able to express myself clearly in words to other people. Um, I feel like I'm stuck. And so I think that there's something about that energetic that is really important. And you also do energy work and energy healing. And I'd love to know how that has impacted your writing or how your writing has affected your energy work.
1: Well, um, I was thinking about this the other day, not related to our conversation, um, but I was thinking about how different healers have different tools or ways in which they heal. And um, I do think of myself as an energetic healer, I think. My my sort of healing tradition is unnameable, <laughs> but I use languaging. I use language in all of my healing sessions, mm. and um, it's been a very interesting process to see how there's so much more than just the language going on. So so it's been like this pathway to be like, well, language, speaking, conversation, channeling, language is used in all my um, healing sessions. And then to understand that there's more than just that happening. So as language is happening, um, physical body, energetic body, spiritual body, whatever words work for you, because of course, as beautiful as language is, it constantly fails us. Um, are all being affected, but then also to notice the beauty of um, the power of language as a tool. Right? It like goes both ways. Mm -hmm. So, and then, yes, I think as a healer or in working in this space of bringing healing, the art of that for me is getting out of the way. It's like, Healing has, I'm a conduit. It doesn't have a lot to do with me. And in flow, in writing, it tends to be a similar act. It's like, can I get out of the way and allow? Mm. I think that's a really important thing. You know what? I'm just thinking also, there's a flip side too, which probably we all experienced which is that um sometimes just getting the words out um so so sometimes there's that beautiful writing that feels like flow and is all like ah and then but on the flip side of that sometimes there's there's writing that's if you don't write it 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 has to be removed like there is a blockage something is stuck something is not flowing and the act of using words and putting them on paper or on a screen or wherever you put them, creates allows for flow to happen again.
0: Mm hmm. And I think there's that, there's that finding a balance as well, right? Of um, I think not just the the writing itself, but also in what we do with that and what we, where we take those words afterward. If they stay with us, if they become public, if they move beyond us, there's, there's a continuation of that flow and, and that languaging in the way that we share language to share our experiences.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a really beautiful way of meeting yourself right? I always say that my writing maps me to to knowing myself. Mm. And then the beautiful thing about that is that if and when um, I'm brave enough to share, it tends to um, create connection.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I like the way that you said, if you're brave enough to share, because there is such a vulnerability In sharing our words. And we get to choose when we share them or not. But that choice, making that choice, is where the bravery comes in. And it's not that we're less brave if we don't share our words. But that we are brave enough to stand up and say, I want to make this choice for myself. I think there's something really powerful in that. And in the way that things flow.
1: I think for me, there's a distinction. There's moments when I choose not to share because the words are really just between me and spirit or me and what is sacred. And then there's words when I choose not to share because I am scared to share. And those are very different experiences. Mm -hmm. And the edge I have... to push over the last few years is not editing out of fear so if I'm editing out of an an understanding that what is written doesn't need to be shared or isn't meant to be shared that's different but if I'm editing because I'm afraid people don't like me people won't like me if they read what I write that's a whole different thing Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: and I think that's um that's a great opening to um you and I talked a little before the show about um finding our edge and being brave and I love it if you might share um a piece that you wrote for us.
1: Yes. And I mentioned to you when we were talking before the piece that I'm sharing I am I'm finding my edge here. So, and I don't tend to be someone who has a lot of problems um, reading aloud or sharing, but I think because this one is a little bit um, more towards my edge. um, Yeah, I don't know. Bear that in mind as I share. But this is a piece I wrote and roughly calling it I Am Here, and um, it has never been shared um, publicly before. So here we go. In a quiet heartbeat, in the moments after 11 o'clock, I began to choose illumination, to choose to be carried by the strength I already know. I am here, where here is when you spend half time in the unknown realms, because it is the place you are born to walk, where the unseen is seen and becomes real and the real becomes torturous because you can't remember how to love yourself here where I sit steady and float through. I am here because of fire, because of the way I am burned and burning and silent in the flame and can't stop staring at it all, wondering when, when, when. I am here because I make food and food sits in your belly, because I will drive and drive some more and drop things off at your door even when we are not talking, because my heart beats in a language of nourishing and lack and giving, giving more. I am here because I can't figure out where to be, because I try and fail, because of all the times I tattooed my own arms with long lines of black and red and the ways I watched it all unfold and sang a song in my veins of another place entirely, my grandmother rocking me towards her and the waters singing, singing of depths and wanting to be submerged and discovered and sought. I am here because I want to be entered, I am here, scarfing liquids when I can remember to drink, poking around at the embers with a stick making splinters in my palm, my fingers turning black with soot, and then tracing their way back to letters, because letters make words. I am here because language becomes my drumbeat and my journey and the way I track track myself somewhere. I am here, my mind raw from trying to piece together the details like the details could knit themselves into a shape that would solve a puzzle that would somehow create a life like this is not a life, then I must be waiting. And if I am waiting, then I am here. I have said yes and climbed on his strong wide back and his fur has that thick matted feel from having sweat and dried without a good brushing. When I am slipping, I try to lace my fingers through his mane, which is cream-colored and thick and unclean. And when my head drops low enough, I catch his scent and have a moment where I begin to trust that he will take me to the place I belong. I am here, when here is where you spend half-time invisible, when you are air and you become more invisible yourself each day, when you duck your head and no one has ever seen you, when you have been see-through this whole lifetime, and then five more before that, and when you die, you'll come back still unseen, walking like a shadow through the wetlands, calling your dog who only comes back to you when he wants to, and then his eyes are so bright you can't blame him. All you can do is say thank you and try to grab him before he dashes away again. I am slipping. I am here in the slipping curve of whatever happens when you get brave one day because you can't stand to die like this anymore. And then in all the years that seem to list past, you wonder where the bravery went and how to get to the place you thought you might go. Here, where a few flakes of snow and one cool, clear breath might rebalance you for an hour or so. Here, where light sits in your own cupped hands and you stare at it, wondering what the fuck to do with it. Here, where you want him to grab you hard and show you another form of power altogether, but he keeps forgetting to arrive. Here where the warm body of one sweet cat might be enough one second, and the next second you fold yourself in half and in half again, trying to fit into your own imagined space of being. If only I could get it right, then here might feel good, like a stroke, like a touch, like the wave that rolls from the base of your spine all the way up to the crown of your head, rolling and rolling until you are nothing but rhythmical, and your breath has found its own way towards you as beast. I ought to slow down, but I can't, I ought to wake up, but I don't. I ought to be plain, it would hurt so much less. I climb back on. It is possible he is carrying me here. Maybe that thud is his hoofbeats on the bridge which is wooden and curved above the stream that glows the moon. I am here. Slip time, thinking and frontways becoming and slivering stuck. A small pool of sunlight becomes my savior. I tightrope between all my names. I slip myself on the edges I built out of illusion when my heartbeat is illumination. Illumination. I am here in the thick of it, unable to name the place I live. I am here, wet with worry and lust, completely capable of shutdown, closing my eyes and calling flannel my nest, and saying in the middle of the night, I choose yes, yes, please take me there, yes. I will lead you a thousand times over. Myself, stranded on the shore, wanting to be carried. Mm.
0: Thank you for sharing that.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for giving me the space to share.
0: I have to say, I really love that piece.
1: And it speaks to me in a lot of
0: ways. Um, and I think it also, it has that feel and that flow that runs through it we I mentioned earlier that you do energy work and you do healing work um I would love to hear more about how you came to that path and how you how you agreed to accept that responsibility as part of who you are
1: Mm. well Let's see. Uh, When I was younger, I've always been a horse person, or not always, but since I was little, um, started begging my parents to let me be around horses. Um, And when I was about 18, I had a bad fall off a horse and I fractured my back. And um, that led to my mom hearing from someone that you could hire a telepathic animal communicator to um, communicate with your horse and find out what happened. So we did that, which then led to um, us being completely astounded by the fact that that was possible. My mom then um, paid for herself and I to go to um, basically a workshop, like a training workshop weekend long with a telepathic animal communicator. And that just, was sort of the door opening into a whole other realm for me. Um, And from there, I got introduced to um, basically like shamanic practices and shamanic healing. And um, then did some mentoring um, and some training with some different shamans. And then it just all, like everything just kept coming in layers. And at one point I did actually go get a master's in counseling psych, sort of thinking that I was going to go the more traditional route of getting licensed and being um, a practice, um, having that kind of a practice, but it just didn't go that way. So it's been a process. So I started working with animals and then I started working with people and it's all you know, again, like when things are right in life, they sort of keep tugging at you. So the healing work, um, ends up being a lot like writing. Like if I'm not, if I'm not showing up as a healer, um, for other people, then I'm not okay. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. But it's certainly, um, you know, even now, you know, it's not, it's not an, it's an even harder title to, to sit with than writer, which, um, is saying a lot. Um, so even now answering your question, like, it's hard for me to answer it. I don't know. I'm really just like a regular old, um, suburban, um, lady like I have two kids and a dog and um I go to the hot yoga classes and I buy coffee at Starbucks sometimes and um like yeah so so then to also be living in this whole other realm it's yeah Mm -hmm. you know I'm I'm just as in the other thing and, and obviously you know maybe the piece I just wrote um sort of shows this but I always like, yeah, I work as a healer. I, I'm so lucky, like, and my clients um, the people that I get to work with, wow, I gotta tell you, like, just amazing, amazing. I'm so blessed in my work. Um, and at the same time, like, I am constantly doing my own work. It's not like everything is perfect and I have it all figured out. And because I'm a healer, I know everything and I'm constantly in tune with the divine loving universe. And, the angels and the rainbows like that's just a bunch of bullshit yeah so um that's just it's just it's it's constantly everything and it's constantly nothing you know duality is the only truth
0: mm. mm-hmm. I want to shift gears a little bit and I want to talk about the ways that you interact with others particularly on Instagram And I want to start by talking about Liberated Lines. You and Alicia Summer, who was uh, my guest for episode five of this show, co-create and co-facilitate Liberated Lines. And I'd love to hear about your experience, about how that came to be, and what Liberated Lines is for you.
1: Yeah, so um, it came to be as an idea, (laughs) like... So, Alicia and I met, um, or actually, like astoundingly, Alicia and I have never met in real life. But um, I came to be familiar with Alicia through us um, both being involved in the first round of a collective writing course that Mary Beth Bonfiglio put together called Our Word. And Alicia and I were both um, invited to um, be guides in that. I think she called it guides, not teachers. And, um, I don't know, we're, we're very similar and very different. So we get along really well. Um, and we started communicating, um, talking on the phone and just talking about life and writing and following each other on on social media. And I think kind of like vibing off each other's work a little bit. And, um, she went through a phase where she was write, She was sharing something on Instagram every day, um, and she called it bad poetry. And it was a it was a phase where she was writing love poems. And I was like so inspired by that, so I started um, sharing in her practice. And then several months went by, and then we did our word. And then we were just talking about the ways in which um, we we edit and block ourselves like, like fear. And we just had this idea, like, how cool is it when you force yourself to do something every day, like she was doing, and then I started doing, and when you push yourself to share, and when you take away the necessity that things be pretty and perfect and edited and polished and your best possible work, and instead you just go for it, like, what is that like? And how freeing is that? So we were like, well, why don't we just try um, inviting people to do that once, and we'll just see if people want to play along with us. Um, and then we both um, just really, really like the, the practice of combining images and words. So Instagram felt like, it just felt like a really nice place for us to invite the practice to be. Hmm
0: hmm And, and sometimes Liberated Lines is a longer course and sometimes you run flash courses and I'd love to know how you, um, come up with the idea for the themes behind the courses and, and what that comes from.
1: Well, it's always, it's always sort of twofold. Um, so it's always really, really deeply rooted in what, what, is going on for us so because that's what like makes things matter you know like that's what makes things real so the themes always have something to do with like where we're at what we're thinking about what we're talking about what we're working through and what we kind of want and need to sink deeper into and then they always end up feeling like partially seasonal also um and, and seasons based on, like, where we live. So um, so it's always sort of like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's the fall, and the fall kind of feels like this, and this is kind of where we're at, so this is what we're going to delve into. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: And then another way that you um, interact and engage on Instagram is also through something with Marybeth Bonfilio, um called Asana Explorers. And I'd love if you could talk a little bit about that as well.
1: Right. So, um Asana Explorers is really just like a game. <laughs> um so and I, a few other people have sort of like come and gone um in and out of it. And um but basically you know, I, I am also sort of like into um, physical exploration, for lack of a better word. I am a trained yoga teacher, um, and I'm really interested in embodiment and exploring like what life is like when we live it from an embodied state. And um, like yogic asana is one way to do that. Um, so, uh, Mary Beth and I just, again, you know, she's a lovely, delightful soul. And we have this shared interest in like getting deep into stuff. And this was another way to do that, to sort of like place, like move the body or place the body or be in interaction with the body. And then instead of having assumptions about what that would be about just exploring Mm -hmm.
0: and I think also there's this element of exploration that can be brought back and embodied in our writing and I think that's also a little bit about of what liberated lines is about is that freedom to explore and step into and adventure into the unknown.
1: Oh, certainly. And, and to like, and to let it be whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and it might be pretty, but it might not be pretty. And it, and, um, and to be honest with you, um, like it's really scary. It's like terrifying to share, um, images of yourself in like physical practice. Right. Which may like come as a surprise because it may look like I know what I'm doing, but I don't really. And compared to like the kind of um, images of yoga that you're seeing um, in the yoga world on Instagram these days, like what I'm sharing is, you know, quite humbling. And um, but it's just the idea of like just doing it anyways. Right. Mm. Mm hmm.
0: I think there's also a part of that that is, um, like you mentioned earlier, that showing up every day and yeah, opening and being available to what's there and simply accepting it for what it is and not placing judgment on it or criticizing what shows up. And that's something that as writers, we can also use because if we, if we, encourage and push ourselves to show up every day on the page yeah we can find out what's there and some days it may be crap and some days it may be really important and incredible work that we do
1: no there's so much freedom in showing up and actually the the asana exploration kind of morphed into um you know right now as we're speaking um we're about i think almost 20 days into um, this thing that we've been um, hashtagging 43 trifecta, which is a really small group of beautiful women who agreed to be held accountable with me to a 43-day daily practice, Mm. of um, some kind of physical movement. Lots of us use yogic asana um, and meditation and um, exploring tarot in some way. That was really born out of showing up repeatedly for asana explorers and being like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And um, most of us are writing in our 43-day practice is also including writing. (laughs) So, So there is so much to be said about showing up and then not judging the how of the showing up because sometimes you only, and this this comes back to liberated lines also, and this was a driving force and, and continues to be behind liberated lines. How you show up might be, um, might feel small sometimes. Like, I don't have a lot of time. I only have 10 minutes. Um, so we shut down. Like, we don't do the practice. We don't write. We don't attend to our creativity. We don't tap into our creative flow, or we don't practice asana or we don't sit in meditation because we have this sense like i don't have enough time and to really do this i need to devote hours and hours to it but daily practice could just be five minutes right like five minutes of showing up is so much better than zero minutes of showing up (laughs) Mm, absolutely and i
0: think also we have to remember like um you know we i think there's this idealized version of what showing up means and and oftentimes for writers it's you know being able to sit at your desk and write all day every day right and that's this idealized thing but really standing up at the kitchen table while your kids are eating breakfast and writing on a notepad that's showing up just as much
1: yeah It's so good. We all forget that. I, you know, that's, that's like one of my driving that was a driving force behind liberated lines. And it's what I'm, I'm constantly, um, discussing with anyone who will listen to me is that like daily practice, daily practice is a gift that we give ourselves and it doesn't, it can look however it looks like, but it's so funny that I told you like before I came this morning, like before we spoke, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I'm not a writer. Um, because I don't like sit, I don't sit down. I, I honestly do not sit down every day and carve out space to devote to the craft of writing. I just don't. Um, but that doesn't mean that you won't find like, like a, a receipt in my purse that has a poem scribbled on it. And, um, like just random sentences scrawled out on the back of my daughter's um, crayon drawings. And like, I am writing, you know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, and it's, it's a bit, it does build, you know, it does build like whatever you do, whatever you create space for, whatever you show up for tends to build. And then after it's done building, Um, we kind of fuck it up and stop doing it and then we get mad at ourselves for not doing it and then we have to start all over again right we know I don't think I don't I'm sure there are a few people that feel like really well arrived in their life they're like I am here I did it Um, but most of us I think are kind of like like we're feeling good, we're chipping away at stuff, we're building, we're showing up for ourselves, we're showing up for our practice, this is going well, then we get pulled off track, then we totally lose sight of the things that we know are good for us, then we get mad at ourselves for that, and then we have to decide to start again. Like <laughs> Exactly.
0: And I think also, going back to that conversation about vulnerability and showing up, right? Like, we also have to be willing to have that same sort of vulnerability, but also that same tenderness that we would have for a friend who came to us and said, "You know, I had this practice going and then I missed a few days and now I'm really struggling to get back on and keep going." We it's often not hard for us to be compassionate with another person. So much easier. But when it comes to ourselves, it's like, ah, oh, I failed. I can't believe that I did this. Why would it, why did I even bother starting it? I shouldn't start it again. And it's like, you know, remembering that compassion is so important and, and opening and like accepting our own vulnerability and not seeing it as a weakness in ourselves.
1: Yeah. I mean, I absolutely, I, I find myself saying that to people all the time. I also ask, I'm often asking people, to bring that same level of compassion to their body, um, we're, we're really usually quite strict and um, unforgiving of our body.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: aches and pains and shapes and sensations and all of that, which if our friend said, like, I have um, a sore shoulder and I don't really want to move it right now, we'd be like, oh, well, you probably shouldn't move it. But if our shoulder's sore, we're like, come on.
0: Kind of yes
1: it. like so so yeah um the other thing I wanted to just briefly mention while you were talking was just um that I have this definition of discipline and I think that discipline gets brought up a lot because we're talking a lot about daily practice here and about showing up and then you hear the word discipline thrown around a lot because you have to have the discipline to show up for your practice and I always like to also say that discipline um, for me, like the art of discipline is actually the art of forgiveness because mm. we show up for our practice when it's easy. And then we stop showing up for whatever reason. And then we get angry at ourselves. Like we just talked about this cycle, but if we can skip the getting angry at ourselves block, then we jump right back into the practice. So the art of self-forgiveness is the heart of discipline, because it stops us from stopping ourselves. Mm, yeah, those are
0: really true words. <laughs> I'd love it if you might share the best advice you've ever received.
1: I think I'm going to share this one, and I, I just preface this by saying I'm really lucky and I've received a lot of really amazing advice in my life, um, so I'm sure there's something even more um, perfect than this that I could be sharing. But, um, m- a million years ago when I was about to, um, facilitate my first, um, sort of experience as in teaching, um, or leading or guiding, um, I went to, uh, a shaman that I had mentored with, um, and I was letting him know what I was up to in the world. And I, and I kept saying, I'm so nervous. Like, I'm so nervous. I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm really, really nervous. And he said, um, nervous and excited are actually the same thing. Hmm. So you can just know that, like you might not stop feeling nervous, but just know that nervous and excited is the same thing. And I have, um, leaned on that advice many, many times because often when I'm headed the right way, I'm also te- kind of terrified um, and <laughs> though uh seventy five percent of me doubts the truth of that advice when I'm that terrified, um I do have the twenty five percent of me that's able to hold on to it and think like it's possible <laughs> that this feeling that I'm gonna throw up and die is actually just excitement <laughs>
0: mhm-hmm. Mm. I think that's really important to remember, because we can be and know that we are really excited for something, but that doesn't always make us feel n- less nervous about it as well.
1: No, it almost never does. Right. <laughs> I always, I'm always like, I, I really love um, working and speaking and using um, the understanding of parts. Um and so it's really helpful to know like and this sounds so basic but it's always helpful for me to know like a part of me is really scared right now <laughs> and a part of me also knows that everything's going to be okay and like as lame as that sounds coming out of my mouth right now um there are so many times when i have a feeling that is overwhelming and if i experience that as my whole self it's really paralyzing mm-hmm but if i can acknowledge that that is a part of me and there are other parts of me also it just helps me not to get sucked into one way of being mhm absolutely no that actually doesn't sound lame at all just
0: fyi <laughs> <laughs> um it doesn't sound lame at all and it it is a really great tool and i think it's not just a tool for one part of our lives I think it's really a universal tool.
1: I use it in my writing actually because I allow different parts of me to write.
0: Yeah and I was thinking also about um, sharing work and so acknowledging that there is one part of us that is really nervous about sharing this work and there's also another part of us that made the conscious choice to say I
1: want to share this Oh, yeah, the part that's, like, dying for, like, connection. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: so to be able to recognize all of those pieces, I think, is really, um, really beneficial.
1: I think it also helps with this idea, and Alicia and I play with this in Liberated Lines, and, I mean, I just encourage everyone who's writing to play with it, but sometimes I think we get stuck in thinking that we're supposed to write a singular truth And it's hard to have a singular truth when you're made up of 483 parts. So, knowing that you get to, it's okay to share a truth, even though the truth may be much more complex than that. Mm -hmm. So, you may have 483 truths in any moment, in any heartbeat, but just still, you get to speak just one. It's okay. Mm hmm.
0: I'd really love to talk about your um, fireball poetry series and also maybe have you share a couple of your poems.
1: Okay. Well, the fireball poetry series was born. Um, Cause you know, like as, as crappy as life is every once in a while, you have this day where you're like, ah, like I can feel the light. Um, so I was, in those days are few and far between for those dark and twisted people like me but um so I was having one of those days and I was like just really feeling like so alive and well and energized and um I just really wanted to like zap everybody else I could with that energy and I actually just like threw it up on Facebook like I'm feeling awesome who needs something and out of that was born this idea of the fireball poetry which was that People would just say, I just said I could write a poem for you, I guess, maybe. That's an option. And um, what I did was people who requested that, um, I, I sort of tapped in in the same way that I do for like a healing session with someone. But then I used that connection to write or to channel or to divine or whatever, like word doesn't sound too pokey and insane, a poem directly for that person. Um, And it was a really, you know, I believe in what I do, like, 30% of the time. Um, But it still also blows my mind, like when it, it quote unquote works. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: I would like, write these poems, really not knowing these people at all, like literally not knowing the person, and then send it to them. And then they would like respond back, whoa, that was exactly what I needed to hear right this second like or whatever so that was the fireball poetry series it started that day I think I wrote like eight poems that day um some I've shared publicly some I have not I left it at the discretion of the person who received it um and it just is an amazing experience and I absolutely love it and so um I do continue to sort of chip through I have a um joy bomb free offering on my website um you send me your name and address um and most of those people receive um a fireball poem from me at some point i just slowly work my way down the list yeah so the fireball poems tend to be kind of um like intense and um kind of magical spiritual feeling um And the poems that I have sitting in front of me right now um, are just like three really simple, um, like love poems. So the first one I call the most familiar unnamed. It turns out you are like flannel sheets or the mattress, shiitake mushrooms, sesame oil, the most familiar unnamed scent. You are like safety a landing and coming to. It turns out you are like flannel sheets I curl into. And the next one I call in the late morning silence. I pressed my forehead up against his, closed my eyes and held really very still. In the late morning silence, I whispered handfuls of words from my heart to his and wondered, with a simple kind of wonder, floating like dust motes in sunlight, if there was a part of his heart that could hear my silent whispers. And the way my knees were bumping into his, the clear warmth all around us, felt sort of like being the me I am when I am alone, except in the safety of being his familiar. And then the last one I have here, I call Bird Poem. And I was up before even the sun rose in the sky. I lay thinking of you. I don't know why I am like this in love. Why my heart feels so afraid. Why it trembles and lurches like a kind of animal trapped. Why it hurls itself into things. Some distracted bird confused by its own image banging into the wide expanse of glass, the window. And I don't know that you have a window. And I don't know that you have love. I don't know what this is. But here I am, awake still, wondering why I am in such a hurry to hurt. Hmm. Mm mm-hmm.
0: I would love to give you a chance to share some of your wisdom directly with listeners and to invite them into this space where we are sharing conversation over mugs of tea and have them be connected with us
1: yeah that's lovely um i just I'm thinking about, like, the, the sort of expanse we've covered in our talking in the last hour and how um, how really nervous I was about this conversation this morning and how I still, like, sort of tried to um, open a little bit to show, like, sort of my everything, like, my murky, dark, twisted, and then the parts that are kind of okay, too, Um, and I, I think that's because I think everyone has that. Like, I think we all have such a dynamic, um, inner life and selfhood. And sometimes, um, I think we're, we're a little bit judgy of ourselves in that place. And I'm always, um, saying to people who (sighs) will talk to me or who come to work with me, that I have this like heart-centered, like overwhelming um, belief that we all deserve, like we just we all deserve what we want and need, and that we all deserve to gift ourselves, and to and to ask for and to receive our own pathways towards healing, and. Whatever that is for you, if it's if it's diving into your writing, if it's diving into a physical practice, if it's diving into meditation, if it's allowing yourself the space to work with someone who will who will lift you up and power you up and and guide you from here to the next level, that you absolutely deserve that. You absolutely you're here having this life because you deserve that exact thing and that, um, tapping into that and receiving that and, and finding your resonance. So, um, yeah, like being, being brave enough to, to receive those things and to practice those things in life and not be afraid to, to fuck it up and try again. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Robin it's been so
0: great talking with you today I feel like we could talk for hours I'm sure we could <laughs> but I just have really enjoyed having you on the show it's been so wonderful and if listeners want to learn more about you and your work they can find you at com. and I'll have all the links to everything we've talked about in the blog post for this podcast episode awesome it's been so great talking with you. I, I'm really so, so blessed. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. And um, I just want to mention that you have a gift for putting people that you're speaking with at ease. And that is really special. So
0: That means a lot to me. Thank you. You are listening to In Her Room, women writers on life, craft, and changing the world. I'm your host, Sarah Blackthorne. I'm so glad you're a part of the In Her Room community. Without listeners like you, the show would not be possible. On our website, in her room.com, you'll find show notes, learn how to work with me, and have an opportunity to contribute financially to keep In Her Room on the air. Next week on In Her Room, we'll talk with writer, patient mama, and creator of Soul Mantras, Liz Lamaru. I'm Sarah Blackthorne, let's tell our stories together.